Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes! 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 Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam! I said I don't want any damn vegetables! Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. That's what happened when you get James Brown mixing it up with uh, our beautiful in-house band. Yes. <laughs> they, they bring the energy. It's good. We don't pay them enough. It's the afternoon here on 3 FM. This is my calm voice. This is the ADMSMR version of the show. <laughs> We're going to be talking about onions. No, <clears throat> Matt. Hello, Cam. Hi. I love the way you just, the, the eyes just went down and goes, okay, I'm just going to ignore this. <laughs> we'll just I'll just wait till it passes. Work and our then, way through this. And then I'll be back. And he's back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I didn't go on that tangent too far. It is the afternoon in Tis- December. Yes. How, yep. would, how would you describe this day, man? I'd, I'd say it's beautiful out there. One what? out of the box. It is a cracking day in Melbourne. Hoping you're enjoying and, and bravo to all of those. Marathon as earlier today, including Sebastian Rayborn. I saw that on Insta. He's uh, yeah. How did he go? Uh, I haven't I, seen Insta today. I think he's still alive. He's alive. I think he made it. Yeah, we uh, we were going to have a chat to him, um, and we're going to hold that over <laughs> till next week. And and in true Rayborn fashion, he said, "Well, Cam, I could do it. I just don't know if I'd make any sense." <laughs> well, okay, uh, point well made, my friend. Good day for a marathon, though. If you have to run 42 kilometres, you want a day like today. Not much wind, it's good. Good day for a marathon. Yeah. Nice day for a white wedding. Yeah. Good day. I don't know where that came from. And we got a good show for you. Um, Scientists, thank you. Yes, and also should say uh, big ups to radiotherapy and Dr. Doodle for his last show today. Just 17 years. Oh, and while we're doing housekeeping, mm. I was also just going to shout out to Sarah Smith on the Breakfasters. Who's oh, finishing yes. up Yes, Can we week? do the, the yeah. uh, What a knock. Um, as, as we um, were talking, Beck Hornsby was in and Elizabeth McCarthy, but um, we were saying, wow, throwing bouquets. Totally. Possibly better than Hatz's. Whoa. 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 That's a big loss, isn't it? So We won't share whose opinion that was. But, no, I think... Um, <laughs> uh, uh, 
Faithfast has been such a good listener <laughs> the last few years and Sarah's been such a huge part of that. So yes. listen uh, next week and the new Breakfast will be announced. Yes. So, yes, tune in for that. On today's show, uh, we're going to be having a chat to Rosemary Stanton, mm-hmm. um, nutritionist extraordinaire. Uh, and uh, we are going to be talking about uh, new guidelines uh, mm. that are coming out. I can never remember what this acronym is about. <laughs> the National Health and Medical Research Council. Huh? Okay, cool. Yeah, yes. see, okay, it yeah. takes a while to get <laughs> it in. Okay, so I get a lead pass on that. Health and medical research. Yeah. So, gotta... so good they put it, they rolled it in together. Two portfolios. Oh, that's why Greg Hunt can have his nose in it. <laughs> Not, that Not for much longer. Yeah. <laughs> but let's move on before we, we No, go yes, into before we go into Schadenfreude and all sorts of vile things get said <laughs> over the airwaves and Matt gives me that that look. Uh yes, Rosemary Stanton's gonna be coming on because there are new guidelines that have been um uh that have come forth. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, radio, it's my medium. Uh, so, yes, these uh, new guidelines have uh, been accepted and one of the interesting things is that there will be no food lobbyists on it. Oh. Uh-huh. Eyebrows, eyebrows. So um, we'll talk to Rosemary about uh, the ramifications of that yep. and how that's possibly a good thing for the consumer. We'll discuss that. Mm-hmm. We go to market. John at the market. Why wouldn't we? On a day like today. Mm-hmm. My God, there's some good stuff at the market. Was it busy down there? Uh, not stupidly, mm. but, geez, the produce is good. The prices are great. Yep. Um, now's the time, Matt, to get passion fruit. Oh, okay. If you've been hanging out and waiting, if you've been waiting to do that blueberry tea cake with the passion fruit icing... Now's the time. Go! No, wait an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of really, really great things at the market. And then we're going to be having a chat to a great chef. Mm. Um, used to be at Bar Sarasan mm-hmm. in the city, working with Joseph Abud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his name is Tom Serafian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Armenian-Egyptian background. Really interesting mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And we're going to get him on the show. And he, I want to ask him about, we think about Christmases around the world and how the holidays... Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrated. That's probably yes. a good way to put it, isn't it? And um, I was curious as to what does an Armenian Egyptian table look like? Do they do they make turkey? Do they have that great big overcooked bird? Yes, <laughs> that bloody overcooked bird that we have to eat that you cook once a year and you never get good at it. Ah, oh, jeez. Anyway, don't start me on that. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the show today. Yep. Uh, just report that. Uh, had an amazing day yesterday down by the Yarra, mm-hmm. Birong Ma, at uh, the Greenhouse Future Food Systems. I've been doing those tours. Yes, you say very busy, which is good. Ah, oh, they've been awesome, and I've been. It's such a it's been such a privilege to collaborate with Yoast Yoast Baker, mm-hmm. who's sort of the, the 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 brains and the brawn, probably too, <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways, uh, behind that structure. Uh, uh, 100% waste-free, self-sustaining, bushfire-resistant. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing tours there on Saturdays, which actually you can book in at Eventbrite if I can do a shameless plug. Please. Um, there is some room next week for a couple. But the good news, well, I, I think it's good news. Mm-hmm. It's good news for me. Uh, <laughs> is they're going to be doing some of those uh, during January too. And I'm also going to be broadcasting over January. So if you're interested in in booking in, uh, Eventbrite, Cam Smith, Future Food Systems. and uh, Check it out. Yeah, we can show you around. Yeah, you've got to come too. It's funny. I was, I, just on a, on a more general note, I said this last week, so I was in the city yesterday as well. Mm. Just as good to see it busy again. I, it was just, you know, we actually ended up on Burke Street and yeah. just lots and lots of people, which is... An oddly strange sight. So yeah. uh, it's just really good to see. Same for me, South Bank. Mm. Um, I went to South Bank afterwards. We had to grab a bite to eat at Pure South. I was going to get something at Arbury upstairs. Too busy? Too busy. Too busy. Too busy, man. Just kept walking, mm-hmm. walking through. Well, there's no tables. It's like, wow, they're, do- they're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> they are doing well. And, uh, yeah, then I got to Pure South and I saw my old buddy, um, Phil Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, a lot of you probably don't know it. 
because you probably don't even know what I look like. You know, it's just this voice from the radio that you say, gosh, you look different when you see me. Uh, then you should. But I've had my hair cut and it was so funny getting the reaction from Phil Kennedy because I've had my hair long forever. Mm. And, uh, shaggy, yeah. we should call it. Shaggy Cam. Yeah, and uh, now it's 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 better. It's more kempt. Kempt, yes, as in not un. <laughs> yes. Um, and, yeah, so Phil, he gave me a big hug and I asked him how he is and he's very, very busy because of the, you know, the shortages of staff and mm-hmm. Um, his partner's wife was working, goes, yeah, there's my son, he's working out there. Um, but he kept looking at me in this strange way, going, who are you? <laughs> who? I don't know the voice. Oh. But anyway, he was kind of discombobulated. Um, it is ten past. We really should get we to should, Rosemary. We should press on, shouldn't I we? I can talk about my Tukuk and Mapu tofu, but we might save that for another day. Mm. We'll be back with Rosemary Stanton after these important words. Triple. Ah. 12.13 here on 3 RFM on a beautiful Sunday here in Victoria. We go to New South Wales. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's around Bowral, if I'm, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, Rosemary Stanton's on the other end. Well, we've got you right positioned. Hi, Cam. Hi, Rosemary. Oh. Oh, that sounds great, doesn't it? We've got a bit of an echo happening here. We have. We have got a big echo. Okay. <laughs> what we got to do, Matt's just uh, these, these fine-tuning things. We <laughs> might uh, run a cart. We'll come back to you and have another go, I think, okay. Rosemary. Sure. Stand okay. by. Listeners, sorry about that. Stand by. We're going to go for... Um, well, we're going to go for my voice, which uh, <laughs> is soothing in these moments. No, of... I, I think a cart's probably good. Oh, idea. yeah, Let's I think it's better than me just... that, and then we'll do that, and then I'll press that button. And Rather then than we'll do me doing sort of haiku on, on the fly. <laughs> there we go. Your Grocer offers same-day grocery delivery from many of Melbourne's favourite local businesses, including some of the best shops in Brunswick, Fitzroy, Collingwood, Richmond, and more, as well as fresh produce from the Queen Vic, Paran, Preston, and South Melbourne markets. Support local and independent businesses with access to more than 60 shops in one delivery. For more info, visit yourgrocer.com.au. Your Grocer is proud to sponsor Triple R. The Grey Starling Hotel. Serving up pub classics, great local and natural wines, fun summer cocktails and a rotating selection of craft beers on tap. The Grace features a variety of unique spaces for events and is now taking bookings for dinner and drinks on the outdoor deck this summer. For more info, head to thegracedarlinghotel.com.au. Proud Triple R sponsors. All right, folks, so we're going to go for a second time lucky, having a chat to nutritionist Rosemary Stanton. Let's see how this works. Rosemary, a very good afternoon to you. Hi, Cam. You're still a bit loud and yeah, echoing, but really um, working, I can hear you. Yes. Ooh. What do you think, Matt? Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? I what do you think, what listeners? What we might do, let's just give Rosemary a call on your phone, Cam. We'll use this magical new system that we invented last week, and we'll see if that works. Oh, wow. Okay. I might, uh, I'm going to do one more cart, though, just to give us some time. So uh, bear with us, listeners. We'll Sorry about this, shot. folks. We're stitching it up <laughs> together. June Lord Sarah Smithy-Smith has been with us on Breakfasters since 2016. She's guided us safely through our mornings with killer tunes, cook stories, her sharp mind and that infectious laugh. <laughs> now a sea change is calling and uh, I'm moving to the coast, guys. We'll be giving her a grand send-off live from the Corner Hotel in Richmond on Friday, December 17, from 6am till 9am. There'll be loads of special guests, including a live performance from Jen Cloa, plus coffee provided by Wide Open Road and, ooh, free pastries. Please come along and help give thanks and praise to the Tune Lord for one last time. That's Sarah Smith's farewell broadcast on Friday, December 17, from 6am till 9am. Supported by Young Henry's independent brewers and proud sponsors of Triple R. Hey, all right, here we go. Uh, third time lucky. Yes, using the magic <laughs> dongle that uh, the Matt brought in. We're going to try this again. Sorry about this, Rosemary. Hi, Rosemary. Hi. Oh, look at that. No, this is perfect. This is better. It's good. Yes. Rosemary, um, the first thing was, uh, do I get your general sort of um, location, right, sort of around Barrel, where you're at? Oh, I'm about half an hour away from Barrel. Yes. Uh, towards Kangaroo Valley, where oh. we do have kangaroos. Oh, that sounds I'm so... Hard to miss them. <laughs> sounds beautiful and evocative. 
it's very nice. We've lived here for 27 years. We generate all our own power. Live a, try and live a waste-free um, lifestyle as much as possible. No, no garbage collection. Own water. Own hydro system. Own, you know. So we, we're managing. Sounds sounds divine. <laughs> sounds very much what I've been talking about down at Fed Square with Yost Baker's house in a in a way. Um, uh, now. The um, the thing is, I rang you earlier in the week and I said, Rosemary, we haven't chatted for a while. Is there um, uh, much that has been going on in the world of um, nutrition and all those sort of things? And you said, yes, Cam. Um, the National Health and Medical Research Council has recently uh, got together and uh, there's been some interesting changes that have uh, taken place. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the dietary guidelines have been up for review. They should have been done five years ago, but there's been some government, um, uh, or what do you call it? You know, o- obfuscation? Yeah, that's a good word for it. Thank you. And then they decided that they would appoint the expert committee, which was going to happen about um, a year ago or, no, six months ago, nine months ago. Yes. Eventually they got the expert committee together, and the really good news is there is nobody from the food industry on the expert committee to review the guidelines. I, I just did a little drum roll there. There was a drum roll of oh, happiness. it was fantastic. It's the first time ever because normally... The food industry insists that they want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be much more um, an open process. Mm-hmm. So that, and they've already, right from the start, they've said, okay, if anybody writes or rings up or asks a question about it, the sort of gist of their question will be described on the website. The person will be identified and a brief response will be put there. So your whole letter is not going to go there. But so, for example, if somebody rings up from a particular industry and says, we'd like to meet with you and have a chat, and this has already happened, mm-hmm. the response is, uh, look, you can put in your, you know, when everybody's asked to put in their um, opinion or their sort of ideas about, about various aspects of it, you can do it then. But sorry, we don't meet with industry um, wow. <laughs> individually. So this sort of just, you know, I, I almost jumped out of my chair in delight when I heard that because... In the last dietary guidelines, the food industry, uh, the processed food industry, but also other sections of the food industry, they nobody wanted anyone to say anything undesirable about their product. Mm-hmm. And if you even tried, they kicked up a huge fuss, and mm-hmm. then they got all their uh, mates to ring the people. The, the sort of at the National Health Medical Research Council, they put out, you know, they got onto the government ministers, and and they were very successful in delaying. Uh, any sort of things, and also influencing what eventually got said. So this time, we, I hope that we'll have a good a good idea of it and some of the people involved on the expert um, panel, somebody objected to one of them, uh, and they said, well, sorry, you know, the, these people have all been selected based on the <laughs> fact luck. that they can wow. say things without any, any conflict of interest. So, you know, go away, basically. <laughs> My Lord, was, this is one of the few... Uh, moments in Western democracies that I can think of where the power of the lobbyists has been somewhat blunted and diminished, to be brutally yeah, honest. I mean, no doubt they'll have a good go at it um, yeah, on the way through, and there'll be lots of suggestions. But, I mean, last time I was on the, on the expert panel and the last time, which went for four years from 2009 to till they eventually came out in 2013, and we did res- we did respond individually to people. Uh, we read all the complaints, but there was a big hold-up. The reason why what should have taken 18 months actually took four years was because we were obliged and we had various uh, parliamentarians who didn't like the response that those of us who didn't have any conflicts of interest were giving. Yes. Um, and so there was this great sort of thing and everything got watered down. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, oh, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't good enough, let's say. I mean... It, the, I don't mean the guidelines were, were bad. It was just that they could have been a bit stronger. And the other thing is that they're sort of starting off by looking at who is using the guidelines and how. Now, at the moment, very few yeah. people use them except to criticise them um, oh, yeah. because they don't use them because there's been a, there was absolutely no money given to publicising the guidelines or actually you know doing anything about them once they were there. And hopefully that will change. I don't know yet for sure whether that's going to change, but they are at least looking at who uses them and what is needed. And frankly, I mean, it's all very well to come up with what you think people should be eating, but if it's not what they're going to do, nobody's going to go back to the kitchen for two hours a day. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do mm-hmm. need to take that into account. And, you know, I'm, I might want to cook all of my things and, you know, not use any 
any uh, processed foods, but that's not going to happen entirely. So people need to, to get some clues as to what's reasonable and what isn't. And I mean, I've always had the idea that less doesn't mean none. Mm. Uh, that's my my you know sort of theme song, I suppose. Yes, uh, but the we refrain. really need to be able to. People need to know how often can I eat this thing that's not really very good for me because they're going to do it anyway. And if you say never, yep. it's not going to work. So we need to uh, – hopefully they'll be much more practical. Well, that'll remain to be seen, but um, it, the, the signs are looking quite good. And we kind of need people to change what they're eating in this country because obviously it's not ideal. Hmm. But since the last guidelines, there are literally hundreds of studies that have come out on the problems with ultra, what are called ultra-processed foods. Now, this is not just foods. I mean, everything's processed to a certain extent. I mean, otherwise, you know, getting the milk out of the cow, you've got to process it a bit. Uh, and, you know, baking the wheat into something you can eat. Uh-huh. Uh, so we do have some processing. But ultra-processing involves adding things that you would never find in a normal kitchen. Hmm. And that is now the, the case with lots and lots of foods. So these are all the the emulsifiers and the surfactants and the this and the that and the stuff that keeps everything sort of... So Anti-caking that, agents. Oh, all of that sort of gunk. Mm-hmm. And the, the evidence shows that you've got to look beyond the fat or the sugar or the salt, even though they're still important. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at this degree of processing. And, and when any additives to foods, when someone wants to add them in Australia, then mm-hmm. each additive is analysed but by itself. Nobody analyzes the interaction between the 10 additives in a food. Or in my case, last time I went on a plane, the the meal, which was meant to be lunch, was a snack, and there were 21 additives in the little snack. What was the little snack? found in a kitchen. Oh, it was a little snack box of of bites and a dip, and I thought, this sounds good. Oh, of course. You know, but, but that had every preservative known to man in there, and the list of ingredients was just... Amazing. I mean, this is the sort of food that we're eating all the time, and we really nobody's ever looked at the combination of additives. And of course, these things make foods very easy to eat, very easy to overeat. The whole idea is you have something. Well, I've talked about the hamburger bun, and I'm sure to you before, but I mean, hamburger buns have a whole stack of fat in them, mm. so that they will dissolve between your tongue and the roof of your mouth, so you don't have to waste time chewing. And when you don't waste time chewing, you can eat far more before you feel full. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> And many of these foods are designed so that you basically put them in your mouth and swallow. That's especially that they, true with these brioche buns that we have around at the moment. Yeah, but everything's sort of meant to be soft and easy to eat, and yeah. that means you, you bypass that normal satiety signal that comes. It takes about probably 15 to 20 minutes for you start to send a signal up to the brain saying, I'm full, stop shoving more food down stop. at me. Stop, yes. And if you can bypass that, you'll get people eating far more. So... This is the kind of food, and these are the sort of things that we've got to tackle. We, we certainly need real food, um, but, you know, the teeth are actually an important part of the whole digestive process. You, you've got to start off by chewing. And, and I think you and I were also talking about the fact that we've got to look at the portion sizes of what we eat. Yes, too. yes. Um, I keep seeing people, uh, you know, who make recipes, and the recipe actually says serves four, but there's only two of them, and they still eat it all. Mm. <laughs> Well, Mama always said never eat anything bigger than your head. <laughs> that's quite. That's so that, always, she never said that. But it's, sorry, <laughs> my mum was a bit more sophisticated than that, Rosemary. But <laughs> but but as a, as a mental illusion, it's um, yeah, portion size is incredibly um, important, and also as we were speaking over COVID and lockdowns, um, for a lot of people, there wasn't a lot more to do than just sort of eat. You know, that was sort of the thing to uh, uh, that you look forward to because it was, I'm not going to learn the mandolin. I may as well cook something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a good thing that that people took to the kitchen a lot yeah. more than they used to. Mm. So they actually started cooking, but sometimes they were oh, cooking, uh, you know, a bit too, probably more. It, home cooking is always a good idea if you start from scratch with things, but you can still, you know, eat rather more than you need. So we've really got to look at the amount. And as I said, less doesn't mean none. 
but if it's not really very good for you, you need to find a friend to share it with, you know. Or yeah, that's you it. You might need more than one friend sometimes for something. Yeah, and personally I've been avoiding going down the biscuit aisle of the uh, of the supermarket because <laughs> nothing good comes of it, believe me. Um, so as we mentioned before at the head of this, uh, this interview, the National Health and Medical Research Council has uh, announced their new guidelines. Uh, there is amazing news so far as the absence of food lobbyists. How can we, the consumer, uh, utilise this resource and uh, how would you direct us, uh, Rosemary, in conclusion? Well, if you look at the NHNMRC's website, uh, there's a whole little thing about dietary guidelines, about the review, how you can be involved. Mm -hmm. You can just stick your name down and they'll send you all the stuff and tell you when you can put in comments and what you think of this, that and the other. You know, it's really... that's very available. That's always been available mm. to people, but perhaps they just didn't know about it. You can look at the who's on their committees, uh, what they, you know, the fact. Well, they don't have conflicts of interest. That's why they were chosen. Um, there'll be all sorts of things Hallelujah. that you can look at. So you just go to nhmrc nhmrc.gov.au, there it and is. then you know just Google in the Australian Dietary Guidelines Review and get yourself involved. It's it's easy. You, you needn't do anything. You might just want to read about it. But if you want to have a say, you'll have the opportunity to have a say. Um, but if it's wacky, probably don't bother. You know, I mean, if you really want to tell, just, <laughs> I mean, if you want to tell people, if you want to sort of put forward a really wacky point of view that's completely unsupported and tell people you can cure cancer with green juice or something, yeah, then you know, kind of don't waste your time. Just go outside um, and go and have a swim or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green, you know, if you like green juice, fine, but it doesn't cure cancer. Okay. Thank you, Rosemary. That's great. I love, oh, I love talking to you. Uh, Rosemary, thank you for all your interactions um, over uh, the year and, and the past. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you next year. Um, thank you, as always, for taking our call and, uh, and giving us such concise and oh, just easy to digest advice. That's fine. And have a, have, a, have a lovely Christmas. And everyone listening, I hope Christmas is good too. And my, my piece of advice about alcohol is always have a drink of water to quench your thirst before you start on the alcohol. And that way you'll be able to, you won't have to have none, but a bit less. <laughs> oh, great idea. Okay. Thank you, Rosemary. <laughs> okay. My pleasure. Thanks, Cam. Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. There's a bird up there in the roof. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they own the place. Yeah, they sure do. They're going to make it a bit of a... Uh, John, a very good afternoon to you. A very good afternoon to you by the time you hear this. And it is yes. a beautiful day. That's that's the the magic of the, the, the trickery of radio that we're doing here. Uh, yes, no, it is morning uh, where we are speaking at the Queen Victoria Market. I'm at uh, Shed Edge with John from Tomato City. The sun is shining down. Ah, it's a beautiful day. It's just so pleasant. The air Mm. is nice and relaxing. You know, sometimes you feel it's gloomy and that, but Mm. the atmosphere is nice, it's relaxed, uh, it's fresh, not hot, but it will be Mm. uh, tomorrow. And tomorrow I'm going to do nothing, so it's going to be gorgeous. Uh, People... um, all the regulars have come in, zipped in, zipped out with their week supply. Yep. Now we're getting a few more of the regulars that like to do it a little bit slower. Yep. And later on we'll get the masses that come in and the pick the eyes. Hunters. Bargain hunters. Yeah, and, the, um, the tyre kickers. Yeah. But yes, I actually agree with you hey, when you say the air is relaxed. It is. It, it I is. like mornings. That's why I like Melbourne because... Um, you know, a lot of things can happen during the day, but the morning comes up. Mm. Sometimes, yeah, it's a little bit crisp, but the sun comes out, and it's gorgeous. You know, you get a lovely day. You mm. get out there, do what you've got to do, and live a good life. And this is a, a beautiful day for Melbourne in, uh, in the way that it's waking up after a long sleep, a long slumber. A long sleep, and oh, we're nearly God. at Christmas, which is beautiful. Oh, my God. That's... Uh, uh, that's something. Hey, maybe we we'll, might get this. Uh, I might talk about this at the head of this uh, interview. Uh, Christmas. Um, when is the the Vic Market open? Question without notice. Um, Have you worked all that out yet? Saturday is Christmas Day, so yeah. we'll start Tuesday. We'll do Tuesday, Wednesday, which is not a normal market day. 
Oh, when's Serbia open? Yes, so uh, and Thursday and Friday. Mm. Um, now, officially, the times are starting at 6, but we'll be running earlier than that. Um, most days, the market will uh, go to about 3 o'clock yeah. um, Friday until we uh, sell out. <laughs> so, so that's enough. We're going home. Yes, when the fat lady sings, the <laughs> yes. fat lady sings. Um, okay, the, the question being, when should people buy their seafood? Well, I wouldn't wouldn't wait for anything for Friday because Friday um, mugs what, game, it's mugs, a mugs game. game. Whatever's left is um, available. Yeah. Um, because regardless of whether we take a holiday or not, I am. Yeah. Um, the market will be closed for quite a few days. So, get in Wednesday, Thursday to get everything if you can, yeah. and that way you've got it home in the fridge. If you bite the right stuff, it'll be still fresh in a week. So, you know, get in and do what you've got to do because if you wait for the last minute and you miss out, you're going to be disappointed. Maybe this might be a good time to have a look at the freezer what? and think about how full is that freezer because there might be some things you need to put in there. So now, this weekend might be a good time to empty the freezer out to get it ready for pre-Christmas. Definitely. Good That's strategy? A, definitely a good strategy, but Thank it you. also brings its own problems. Because, yes, um, yes, I know. I, I went and bought some beautiful fresh-caught frozen uh, cleaned prawn oh. tails. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I bought three bags and we ate one last night. Oh, that's all. <laughs> oh, was this a, this was a bargain for Christmas and it, and it sang to you from the freezer? Yeah. John! <laughs> We're the prawns. We're delicious. <laughs> yeah. Come and get us now. And, and they were because they were um, black tiger prawns. Oh, wow. They, yeah. they catch them and clean them and freeze them straight away. So you pull them out of the freezer and straight into the pot and they're gorgeous. Good Bit eat. of hot chilli, butter and oil. Hot chilli, butter and oil and pepper. Yeah, and garlic. garlic. Oh, yeah. we, we fry off the garlic and the oil and the chilli. And then we put the butter in and then the prawns. And and it is really, it makes you feel alive again. You've got to spoil yourself sometimes. No arguments from me at all with that. That sounds delicious. I wish I was there. In fact, uh, one of the things I'd love to do for Christmas, you know you get um, a a spring roll pastry? Yes. Okay, you get that. So you cut sort of that in half so you get these sort of long ribbons. Yes. And then you stick a prawn in there. Oh, yes. Right? And you put... Um, uh, you have to get shiso leaf, the Japanese thing. It's a Japanese, yes. sort of like, I don't know, Japanese basil. It's got its own beefsteak plant, I think it's called. A little bit of that, right? A couple um, bean shoots for crunch. Just lay them on the side. And then a little smear of sriracha for a bit of a heat or your favourite chilli sauce, let's put it that way. Then roll that up so it's just like a little package. Shallow fry or deep fry that. And then you put a little bit of green tea salt on top of that mm. and you have a glass of Prosecco, Cava or Champagne. The mm. beginning of a dinner and it's just a little crunch of the spring roll pastry, a little bit of heat from the chilli, a little bit more crunch from those um, uh, the, the, the bean shoots. <clears throat> Sounds like a little bit of decadence. It is a little bit of decadence and it's just this little mouthful of... <clears throat> Anyway, prawns, yum. All right, anyway, we're here to talk about fruit and veg. I've got to say, folks, get on down to the market because there are some bargains here today. I'm just going to talk about fruit really, really quickly. Passion fruit. This This is is the time. Five of them for two bucks. That's a Panama passion fruit, not the huge, huge size. They're a little bit smaller than normal, but, you know, when you open them up, the juice goes everywhere, the seeds go everywhere, and you get it on your fingers and you smell it for the whole day, and and they're beautiful. Do you remember Nellie Kelly um, uh, passion fruit coffees down there? Where was that? Yeah, yeah, that's not far from my house. Yeah, yeah. In Moorabbin. Moorabbin. Not far from the Moorabbin airport. That always reminds me uh, of that sort. And the, the other the older variety are, are cheaper again I think five or six for two bucks yep. so you know, now's the time to make your um, uh, passion fruit sorbet or fruit, or fruit salad with the stuff on top or do you remember we used to put it into the lemonade yes and think that we were really great when we did that uh, brings back good memories yeah, bloody hell, hi Porsche how are you yeah uh, and um, the other thing across there they've got these little where are those mini avocados 
I don't know, five for two bucks or something like that, where this guy bloke yeah, is. Yeah, I'll have to go and have a look at that. No, I there they are, the other side of this young, oh, young yeah. lady here. Eight for two dollars? Yeah, yeah, that's unusual. Yeah, little... Normally they've got a little stone too, so they're ideal. You oh, crack one open on a cracker and then yeah. if you want another one, you have another one. Yeah, uh, ginger is cheap at the moment. Um, and we've got show and tell, which we are going to go through. Yeah, it's um, unusual for us to talk about a change of seasons at this time of the year. Mm. But I just wanted to show you Whoa. these gorgeous asparagus. Now, I've got three in my hand and they're as thick as my thumb. Um, now, there's no waste on them at all. Yeah. Cameron's going to take a quick photo. Now, two have got a very tight bud head and one's a little bit more open because yeah. we traditionally... Beautiful. Um, asparagus used to finish in November. Yeah. But because they've got better growing techniques and probably better varieties, um, they're going further and further. And uh, one of our boys said to Joseph the other day, next year they may go 52 weeks of the year, um, getting them from Mildura and Kuirup. So that's a blessing. But Can I, some... uh, just say something about this and maybe I forget who said this, I'm misquoting them. Doubtless God could have created a better asparagus, but doubtless God never did. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah. It, this is, they're, they're thick. The heads are perfect. Yes. Um, how much are these? these? We're selling 15. We've been selling 15, 15 all season. Some people bulk at the price, but, you know, you, you need about 300 grams for a good meal, and, and it's not a lot of money. That's a work um, of art. Frank has been cutting them into small pieces, and Joseph's been complaining because he reckons he wants them in one piece. He wants them char-grilled, but he'll get there. And we've had asparagus omelettes and yeah. just steamed asparagus, and they're very good for you too. Well, can't um, Joe turn on the barbecue himself and char-grilled? Yeah, it's a matter of time and energy. Uh, More energy uh, than time sometimes. Yeah. All right, but, yeah, so get, in and, get in and buy them. We never yeah. eat the thin ones because the thin ones take the same time to grow, yep. and uh, they're not as tender, so the big ones are always tender. Yep. If you think they're too big, cut them in half, slice them down the middle of the bottom bit, and that's, they'll all cook. And, and that's how we do it for the omelette. Well, that's yes, how definitely. I have learned from John yes. to do it in an omelette. There you go. I've got and, to give and then the I'd like to talk to you about new season. We've got new season Aussie garlic. Mm. This, um, These are both very, very big corms of garlic. This pink one came out of South Australia. This other lighter colour is probably from North Victoria, Swan or somewhere up there. Mm. Uh, they had a lot of problem drying them, so they had a little bit of mould on it outside, so all the outer skin's been broken off. Oh, that's what's happened. Beautiful, sweet garlic. Did really well with my prawns last night, I must admit. Yes. Um, so get in and look for the Aussie garlic. <coughs> so, a... so don't be frightened by it, even though that looks no. like it could be a no. bit of a fault. Uh, yeah. What we're seeing here, folks, just to paint the picture, the, or just to add what John said, <coughs> excuse me, is that it's just missing that outer skin, which That's sort of right. keeps it as it looks a, little a bit single nude. bulb. Yeah, nude. Nude, nude. And it's showing its bits. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Very good <laughs> Well said. Thank you. All right. So next we've got some um, snacking capsicums. Now, these capsicums are um, about the size of an egg, but probably not as fat today. These are a little bit smaller. Mm. Um, now, they're called snacking capsicums because they are just that. You pick them up and bite them and eat them in uh, raw with no dressing, no nothing, or you can throw them into a salad. Now we've got uh, red ones, we've got orange ones, we've got yellow ones. Um, we didn't get any green ones today. There's a brown one as well, which I didn't like last year, so we, no, even if they no, come. No, I'm with you on that. Um, but when they're a little bit bigger and fat the size of an egg, they're lovely to stuff um, with any mix you like, either the, um, the breadcrumb mix that we do or even with a little bit of feta uh, or a little bit of other type of soft cheese. Goat cheese. Goat cheese. You've got it in my mouth. <laughs> um, but, I the but, way you looked at me. But most people, they, they yeah. just pick them up and bite into them and that's what they're for. That's why they're called snacking capsules. Or you can do it like some restaurants do the Padron chilies. Yes. You know, the one in ten. Yeah. So what you do is you get a very, very hot frying pan, a little bit of oil in there, toss them around until they sort of just cook through. You can finish them in the oven and just a little bit of um, salt on the top. Definitely. And the beauty of it is they've got that little bit of crunch and texture as well. Not like sometimes you do that and the caps can be a little bit soggy. And that. Yeah, and you're going to so, get so much vitamin C out of that. And, it's, and the uh, colour. The colour is superb. Yep. So, yeah. They're, how much are these? Uh, they're 12 a kilo. Yep. And then we've got this beautiful big... Um, Bullhorn. 
Bullhorn, it's yellow. And it goes bright yellow when it's ripe. Well, that's a bull, sorry, bullhorn capsicum. Yeah. Um, it's a long capsicum. Uh, they tend to be very, very sweet. They're great for stuffing. Yeah, thicker flesh, more sugar. Oh, thicker and, flesh. Yeah, and very, very good to grill. A lot of people have been... We have these in red, uh, orange coming, uh, mm. green as well. People grill them and then put them away in the oil and... Um, you bring out the beautiful ciabatta and the cheese and the brisotto and, and the capsicums and life's good again. Or, or maybe some pickled artichoke hearts, which I've done from and, the and last Talking week. about pickles, mm. I've been given pickled um, zucchini, which I hadn't had since I was a little boy. Yeah. And a lot of people have been saying they're going to do them for Christmas. Um, some Italian style, some what they call bread and butter style. Uh, the English style, yeah, a bit the English more sweeter. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah, so that, that that's... Um, just something to break the monotony of uh, what yeah, we do every day. That sounds good. All right, why well, are it's time for Pick of the Market? Pick of the Market, definitely tomatoes this week. We've been spoiled mm. for um, quality, colour, flavour. we got these beautiful big yellow, um, we call them golden goose eggs because they are bright yellow aromas. Mm. They're very crunchy and sweet. They're beautiful black Russians. They've got these um, beautiful ribs on them that are green and the rest of the tomatoes black but red inside, and we got the, um, we call this Polish pink, but I got into trouble for saying that too. Um, that used to be like a Ferrari um, sort of red. Yeah, yeah, but when you back. cut them in half, they're really nice and pink, and then yep. they're juicy and sweet. And then we got Rouge de Marmont. Yeah. This, this is nice, sweet. And then a myriad of cherry tomatoes, mini Romas, yellow, uh, big truss, cherry truss, and they're all cheap. We got anything from 10 to $15 a kilo. Yeah. And the little ones are just packed with flavour. Oh, people really put them are. on the fruit bowl and they walk past and pick one up yeah. and keep going and, and they've got that little burst of energy in them and, yeah. and it just makes the day. And again, if you whack these in the oven and just sort of, just so they just pop a little bit, yes. the sweetness that comes out of them and the flavour that comes out of them, raw. Yeah, we, we, we've been doing them in the fry pan and then throw them on a pasta. Yep. Last one. Yep. We've had our new season beans from Mildura, yep. $13 a kilo. Hey. They're like butter, you know. Most people have been eating them raw. They don't even bother cooking them. Yep. And there you go. Come and have a look. It's all there. Like you said, everything's cheap. The veggies are cheap. The fruit's cheap. Mm. There's an abundance of everything. I can see that we'll have a very good supply right up to Christmas. Everyone's going to be happy. Good. All right, we'll catch up with you next week for the last one before Christmas. Thank you, John. Thank we'll you. Have soon. a beautiful day. My name is Rene Redzepi, and you are listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. A little horn section in a sting. Yeah. <clears throat> Tom Serafian, a very, very good afternoon to you. Hey, Ken. How you doing? Oh, yeah, this is sounding good. Mm. This is weird. There's this little moment in broadcasting <laughs> in, the, in the modern age where there's sort of like a, I don't know, three-quarters of a section when you go, is it going to be right? And you go, yeah, this is good. Um, Tom, we introduced you at the, um, at the head of the show as uh, um, a great chef, uh, one who had sort of uh, made – and tell me if I'm right on this – you sort of made your name for yourself when you were working with Joseph at uh, Bar Sarasan. Would that be sort of a correct thing, or would you like to say, no, I was kind of big before then? <laughs> well, I mean, look, I've been cooking for 15 years. Mm, yeah, um, there we go. But I guess, yeah, we started making uh, a lot of noise when we first opened Saracen. Um, yeah, it was about three years ago. Yeah, gee, there's some good food that was there. Yeah. yeah beautiful, so beautiful well. stuff. And uh, you've been continuing the, the legacy and sort of have pivoted away. Um, from the madness of <laughs> post-contagion uh, uh, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, you've created your own hummus, which has been around places, which has been bloody awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's been a pretty busy couple of months since we launched. Um, yeah, about four months ago now, hmm. and yeah, it's it's going great. People are loving it. Um, we started off with uh, about four different stockers, and now there's around thirty. Wow! Really? Yeah, and yeah, it just it just took off. It was it was you know, um, selling out everywhere in the first couple of weeks. Um, mm. 
And yeah, it's, it's just it's just going really well. I'm about to launch a second and third product when I have some time for Christmas. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, hang on. What, what, what are you talking about? Another product? What? What? what, what? Well, I'm really excited for, <laughs> uh, for spill the beans, man. So yeah, um, on Friday <laughs> it's going to hit the stores. Tom, yeah. Lebanese garlic sauce, which is something that I'm just obsessed with. It's um, it's uh, just this beautiful, beautiful flavour, <laughs> and it's something I use in pretty much all my cooking. Um, it, it's a bit of a backbone, a bit of a secret ingredient. It has the most amazing texture about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. There's it's sort of there's light. probably it's nothing light. that's sort of like it's sort of like it's like a floppy mayonnaise. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, some people describe it as a alioli without the egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, – and profoundly garlic and, uh, and you were saying to me that uh, uh, tum is uh, what is really the name of garlic and uh, apparently there were some relatives that thought it was kind yeah. of strange that uh, <laughs> you should be named your sort of your skippy name, if I could be so bold and rude at the same time, yeah. uh, is is garlic. Why do you call the kid garlic? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like how, um, you know, hummus is the Arabic word for, for chickpea. Yes. Um, tum is the Arabic word for, for garlic. And, yeah, when I met my Armenian, Arabic-speaking um, cousins and aunts for the first time, uh, when I was a little kid, they, they had to turn to my parents and said, why do you call them Tom, what's going garlic? <laughs> yeah, this this is weird. And apparently, you used to love eating tom so much that they used to call you tom. Yeah, so well, it came full own. circle. <laughs> yeah, it has recently. My, my Lebanese girlfriend's mom, Najla, gives me a bit of a cheeky hard time and calls me tom Serafian because I love it so much and put it in everything. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's, it's sort of coined on as a bit of a nickname for me um, recently. Yes. Hey, uh, while while we sort of think about uh, the next sentences to come out, can you just do me a favour and maybe take a step to the right or the left, or do a little a little spin just for us? Because um, yeah. we'll be honest, the the phone sort of degraded uh, a little bit. So you've okay. uh, been been working on this uh, the tum. Uh, where's it going to be? How do we find out about where we get your stuff? Because um, I know the hummus yeah, can... is just the best. We well, can jump on my website. Um... Which is seraphian.com.au, uh, with a full list of stockists and updates and links to the uh, Instagram handle as well, which which you can see. Yes. Um, and yeah, there's always information on new stockists, uh, recipes, um, you know, ways to use hummus and tum, uh, things like that. That's easy. Just smear it yeah. on everything, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm really excited because I'm using some really like fantastic local uh, garlic that has just come into season. Um, it's grown by these incredible farmers in Kilo, mm. and yeah, it, it's a product that it might not be around for the whole year. You know, what, once, what makes the garlic, garlic special, season. Tom? It's there's a few different varieties. Uh, it, it's all organic, um, and they're just grown loved by people who really love what they're doing um and you know I, I love garlic and i've been obsessed with it for a long time but this is some of the best garlic i've ever tasted anywhere in the world so when you turn it into something like tum the flavors really shine through wow. and yeah i'm just really excited for everyone to try it i think they're gonna love it well, Matt's bought it because he's actually writing that down. So, and, yeah. and I saw the bottom lip go out, Matt. So, yeah, you bought true. that, mate? Yeah, true. <laughs> you went, so that yeah. was uh, seraphian.com.au if people want to find yes. it. Yes. Uh, and, look, there was there was something else I was kind of curious about in the fact that we are – this Australia that we have is, uh, um, is such a um, – Cliche alert, melting pot of uh, of different ethnicities. Um, I like to sort of say with this glorious mongrel nation, where there's just yeah. so many nationalities living together and influencing each other so beautifully, especially with food. You know, all these threads that we have that we can draw on for this rich tapestry of foods. I'm just trying to see if I can get Matt to just go. I'm going to punch you in a second. Um, <laughs> But it is true, but you were telling me yeah. that you have a, a background as uh, Armenian-Egyptian, and I was wondering if in the, you know, we've got about four minutes left to have a chat. Can you describe to us what does that table look like in uh, around Christmas time? Yeah. Or for the it's, holidays? Uh, it's it's a busy table. It's um, Yeah, so I've got an Armenian 
uh, back on my father's side. Um, yeah, he was the he cook. And, yeah, he's a chef as well. Yeah. And his parents, um, yeah, they were all born and, and grew up in, in Egypt, um, yes. in Cairo, and then they moved to Alexandria. So that's where that sort of Middle Eastern influence comes from in my, in my childhood, in my cooking. Um, and Christmases were always usually uh, mainly cooked by my grandfather, who was a chef as well, um, until he passed away a few years ago. Now it's sort of taking charge by everyone sort of brings a, a plate or two. And mm-hmm. it feels like pretty much everyone is a bit of a chef in my family. Wow. Uh, and Christmas is crazy. Everyone brings their best dishes. Um, my grandma still cooks probably the most popular things that are on the Christmas table, which are grape beef dolma. Uh, she grows the grapevines in her backyard, and, and it's pretty amazing. She goes and like hand selects the silkest, smoothest, um, <laughs> most delicate wines. You know, she's like, no, no, this is not good enough. Yep, this will do. Yes, and she's got this incredible touch. Like it's something she she just cooks for so many years. They're just they're just perfect. Um, what's what's the filling? Food. She puts rice, but she's she puts a lot of um, lemon onions in there. Onion, some lemons, some olive oil. So it's it's really something that's so simple that just becomes you know something better than the sum of its parts by by a death. Is, is there uh, any you know, sumac in there? Of making no sumac, no um, sumac. Just just a bit of salt and pepper. It's Isn't really that quite amazing. Delicate. Yes, but yeah. but they're but they're perfect. They're just perfect. The texture is so different to the types you find. You know, in delis and things, they're they're so soft, they just melt in your mouth. Um, yeah, they're really incredible, and they're always the first thing to disappear yes. pretty quickly. Uh, she always makes a beautiful spinach and cheese boré as well, um, which are really really beautiful as well. And and chureg, which is a savoury Armenian buttery yeast biscuit uh, with nigella seeds on top. It's this beautiful little thing that's sort of wrapped around each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, things like that. Gutma boar is an Armenian rice pudding, heavy on the cinnamon, cold mm-hmm. rice pudding. Yep. It's the kind of thing that even after a big feast, you're like, I couldn't eat a bowl of cold rice, but somehow it's so beautiful that you just Yes, can. you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'd put my hand up that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll have a go. I'll have a go. Okay. And then before you know it, you hear the, the spoon on the bottom of the bowl going, oh, wow. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty beautiful feast. But everyone also brings out... Um, you know, something as well. I always bring the prawns for some reason. I'm always in charge of the seafood, prawns, crab, sometimes crayfish, things like that. Uh, and hummus, of course. I'm always in charge of bringing the hummus. Well, so you should um, be. <laughs> and this year there'll be thum and maybe some harissa there as well. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, if you're interested in uh, Tom's uh, cooking and uh, the fruits of his labours, well, actually the jars of his labours is uh, more apt <laughs> in this respect, uh, probably one of the best hummuses I've ever tasted. So creamy and wow, delicious. You. Oh, you know it's good. Um, Tom, <laughs> thank you for your time. Always um, a pleasure, Cam. Look forward to, uh, to catching up with you sometime soon. And we'll see yeah, you later, mate. Definitely. Okay, I'll see you soon. Thanks, mate. Well, that was Tom. Sorry, but uh, we've had a bit of problems with uh, phones and stuff like that. Today, sorry, what a challenge. Sorry about that, but uh, (laughs) hey, we gave you a little bit of a chill out with the music. So that's the swings and roundabouts. Yes, it is twelve fifty nine. We're heading towards uh, one o'clock. Yes, uh, and uh, coming up at the next hour will be some something amazing. Way down there in Studio Three, at the other end of the building. Yes, Studio Uh, Three. So uh, it'll be good. It sure will. <laughs> All right. Well, we're out of here. Thank you, listeners. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, don't forget that future food system. Yeah. I'm going to give it a relentless plug because I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, Cam Smith through Eventbrite. See you later. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.